Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the channel. Playing around with a little bit of lighting here and uh, trying to get rid of some of the distracting background crap. So, I don't know. Let me know if it looks any better. I know some people have commented before on the light temperature, the white balance. Let me know. White balance, intensity, uh, decluttering the background. Does any of that help make a difference? Do you not care? So anyway, got another still picture of Quarter over here. I'm pretty sure her medication keeps her doped up just enough to make her think she's more human than she actually is. Anyway, let's read some stories. Excel tabs. In the office I previously worked at, there was this older guy who always needed help with basic computer tasks. One day he comes up to me and this was the conversation. Guy, can you bring up this spreadsheet for a second? Me, yeah, sure, why? Guy, well, I just opened it up and it looks totally different. Someone changed it all up and I need to update it, but it doesn't make sense anymore. Spreadsheet opens. Me, looks the same as it always does to me. What's different about it? As I say this, I was clicking through the tabs. Him, wait, how did you do that? Me, uh, I clicked on the other tabs. Him, oh, okay, looks like it's fixed now. Thanks. Evidently, this guy was working on the same tab all the time. That's all I can figure. I mean, what else, what else would look different to him? Maybe he didn't realize it was tabs at the bottom there for different pages of the spreadsheet. I don't know. I mean, it didn't sound like he was being arrogant or anything. He just genuinely didn't know. Never trust Jane. Always have a backup. So my story from today, I work in IT support for an electrical manufacturing company. We have various clients in different industries, one being a traffic light company who we manufacture the majority of their traffic lights. I've been at this company five plus years, so I know majority of the systems very well. Every year for this traffic light company, we recost all the components that go into a traffic light. Believe it or not, there's nearly a thousand. Wow. For this exercise, each year the account manager, Dave, fake name, asked me to clear down the current costs and create a new quote. Copy some of the data over and then point the system at the new quote so they can start recosting. Since the first year I've started, I've taken this task on and it happens once a year. I have script which does the majority of the legwork, but even with good comments and guide on how to use it, it still takes me a good 30 minutes to an hour just to check it all over. This year, Jane, again fake name, raises the log to have this work done. Jane's fairly experienced and quite high up and she's been in the job nearly three years. So she's not a newbie. I do my normal checks. Everything looks fine. But for some reason, my instinct tells me to back up the data before as the script zeroes all the figures and we don't take regular backups of it. Bear in mind, I've done this task for four years unassisted and never taken a backup. I commit the change, close the log, and an hour later, Jane messages me saying she didn't want me to change it over yet and that now all the figures are zero. I reply, you didn't specify that in your log and worded it as you wanted it. She apologizes and asks for the data to be restored. Now in my head, the thought does cross my mind. Should I say, tough crap Jane, it's all gone, and then for them to spend probably a day to re-input the data? But I keep my layer of professionalism and restore the data and revert my work, which takes all of five minutes to do. Jane apologizes again after I confirmed it's restored. I do the general, oh no worries response. After five plus years, this is the first time I've really noticed an instinct decision to really come and save me, Jane, and the company. 
FYI, this was a half million pound order, so no small feat. I left the situation with even less trust for Jane and a bit of an ego boost for being a genius for taking a backup. All I can say about that is you should feel pretty good about taking backups, but it's also something you probably should have been doing from the start. Just in case, you never know, things goof up. It's not just about not trusting Jane, it's about not trusting other people, equipment, systems, circumstances, the weather, whatever. Always, 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 always back up your work. I've learned that the hard way, and sometimes it's a really hard lesson, especially with video and picture files. The time I should have walked away, but didn't. There are no heroes in this story. There are no villains either. There are just people. This is the story of a kid who knew just enough to get himself into trouble. The people who didn't believe him and his forced pilgrimage through the Valley of Ignorance. I've never officially been a sysadmin. I've just been an enthusiastic slash clandestine IT department since before the art of Google Foo was invented. I came into my skills in the traditional way. Push buttons and something happens. Push more buttons and more things happen until it's 4.30 and you're frantically learning to reinstall the operating system <laughs> before your parents get home from work, allegedly. Over the years, I've dabbled in paid work to cover the bills and fix stuff wherever I was working at the time, but I've always been honest about where my skill set begins and ends. Pride doesn't recover data, after all. But you fix enough systems, get enough of a reputation, and over time, people stop believing that there are things you can't do. This is the story of the time I stopped believing I couldn't do something either. I had just started learning about RAID because I liked the idea of having a little redundancy in my life. I'd never lost a hard drive before, but let's just say that I did learn to make proper backups at a young age. There you go. After some research, I decided that the spooky action at a distance known as RAID 10 was the way to go. So I set it up, miraculously without errors, and life was better. For a while. One day I was visiting one of the shops I helped out every now and then. As soon as the manager saw me, he came running out and dragged me into the back. It turned out that they too had set up RAID 10 at some point. Cool. And it turned out that one of the drives had failed and another was starting to give errors. Okay, not as cool, but my at the time knowledge told me that while this was a bad situation, we could still recover from it. I offered to swap out the dead drive and come back the next day to swap the other. Once the rebuild had finished. Easy peasy, right? The next day was the day I learned RAID is not immune to data errors, especially if a bad drive goes unnoticed for long enough. After about four hours of looking up error codes and messages I didn't even know existed, I knew I was in over my head. No matter how I looked at it, the only solution was to pull everything off the server, rebuild the whole array, and slap the data back on. This situation was way above my pay grade, so I did the only thing I could. I told the manager to find someone else to finish the job. Unfortunately, the manager wasn't having any of it. I was accused of being lazy, ignoring my smaller clients and various other slurs against my skills and ethics. If I was who I am now, I would have told him which slot to stick that dead hard drive into and never look back. But I was young and frankly a bit scared, so I promised to do whatever it takes to get them back up and running. Whatever it takes involved two more days of reading and writing notes, degrading my array to have a large enough drive to copy all their data onto, and praying to various deities to protect their data while I was away from it. The patient lived in the end, but a part of me died in that room. I never took payment for that job and never worked for that client again, but honestly, I think I got off easy. I knew I didn't know everything when I walked into that situation and should have said so from the beginning. I didn't know how big everything was until it was too late to back out. But despite the sleepless nights that experience caused, 
I'm thankful for it overall because it taught me to do my research before I'm up to my butt in alligators. Another hard lesson to learn, guys. Sometimes it's hard to admit that you just don't know, whatever the subject is. You know, I'm a carpenter by trade. Does that mean I can carve? No. Does that mean I could build you a piano? No. It just means that I do a lot of woodworking and I'm very good at the things I do. I'm capable of learning, but it doesn't mean I know what I'm doing right now. So don't let pride get in the way, guys. Always admit when you've hit your limit or when you're about to hit your limit. The Printer of the Gods. Public schools again. Two weeks ago, we came back from Christmas break. Teacher's computer won't load windows. Blue screen, etc. Auto repair won't work. The usual deal. The CMOS battery has died. This happens quite often because we have old Frankenstein machines. Well, I go into this guy's room at the end of the day. He'd already left. I replaced the CMOS, reseated the RAM, tried different things in BIOS and some other stuff. No matter what, I kept getting inaccessible boot device. I probably could have eventually got it to work, but I wasn't spending all night on this. I went ahead and re-imaged it. The next morning, I get a call from my boss. What happened to this guy's PC? He's very upset. All his data is gone. I explain the situation. My boss is kind of spineless and sends an email to him explaining what happened. It was worded in such a way, though, that it almost seemed like my fault. We constantly tell these people to use OneDrive or Flash Drive, and they just refuse. That afternoon, this guy submits a work order for his printer. He wants me to look at it. He's quite vague about the issue. It was a brother, and it was already recognized. Maybe I messed that up, though. He's in his room when I arrive. Teacher, in a smart-ass tone. So you couldn't get all my data, eh? Me, nope. The operating system and drivers were corrupted. I had to reload Windows. These PCs aren't reliable, and that's why we always stress to everyone that they save their data. Teacher, then explain this. He proceeds to pull out a few printed classwork sheets. Me, what about them? Teacher, well, when I came in this morning and turned on my printer, they printed out. Me, immediately realizing what's going on. Did you try printing something on the last day of school before break? Teacher, well, yeah, and the printer wouldn't work. I was going to put in a work order when we came back, but then my PC wouldn't even work, so my data must still be on this computer because it printed out this morning. I need you to get it back on immediately. That's three years worth of documents. I proceed to explain to him that the print jobs were held in the printer's own print queue. That doesn't mean all his data is still on the PC, let alone on the printer. He argues for a moment, then just gives up. I get it that he doesn't understand how all this works, but instead of just talking to me, he went directly to my boss. Also, he's a grown man. Shows some personal responsibility. Yeesh. Edit. I should have mentioned that our official technology handbook that is given to everyone at the start of the school year states that the user is solely responsible for their data. Well, there you go. The user is solely responsible for their data. And even if they weren't, why wouldn't you back up your own data? And your boss needs a smack in the chops for throwing you under the bus, too. He is spineless. The docking station that isn't there. This one just happened an hour ago. I'm still confused. I reached out to a user today who was having some issues with a desk setup. They're in another province and asked if we could just message and not call. No biggie. For around 40 minutes, I ask every question you could think of. Is there power? Are there monitors on? Unplug the cables, etc. I ask about their docking station and run through the same things. It's on, plugged in, cords in the right spot. Literally at a loss is why nothing's working here. The co-worker went to their desk and found out she left the docking station at home. 
I cannot fathom how we spent all this time and the monitors were just not plugged into anything, and she told me they were. Note to self, the user is always lying, even if they say they're not. Just assume this from now on, like me. I'm not sure how you wouldn't notice that your monitors weren't plugged into anything. There was no lights, no sign of life, nothing. And then say that they're plugged in. I mean, maybe, there were, maybe the power cord was plugged in? I don't know. The docking station doesn't take the power cord, I don't think. I don't know. Why did you do what I asked you to do? So last week I get an email from a manager at one of our clients about creating a new mail distribution group for a set of users. At the bottom of their email, they added, please remove everybody from existing mail distribution group except myself. So I emailed them back and asked them to confirm that they actually wanted everyone except themselves removed from this distribution group. Used to contact an entire team he manages. He responds almost immediately that I was indeed to call the existing group. I then go ahead and complete his request and move on to other tickets. Assuming that maybe no one sends emails to the whole team anymore or the team was dissolved or will be replaced. Later that day, the manager sends me a request to remove two users from a distribution group that did not exist. He didn't reply to my confusion about what the email address is for the group he's now talking about since I can't find it. Fast forward to today, when I received one ticket to add someone to the previously called group. One reporting that no one from the team are receiving the email sent to the called group. So I get the manager a call to ask why users are requesting to be added to this group that I had removed everyone from. And from there, it went something like this. Manager, everyone should be in there. Me, well, I removed everyone last week. Manager, why did you do that? Me, because that's what you asked me to do in your email last week. Manager, no, I only asked you to remove a couple people from it. Me, your email about those users did not refer to the called distribution group. Manager, we must have crossed wires because I didn't mean for everyone to be removed. Me, we definitely had a miscommunication there. I'll restore the users that were removed except for user 1 and user 2 that you mentioned in that later email. Manager, thank you, clunk. So I put everyone back in the group and closed the job. A while later, I get a Teams message from my boss who confirms for me that the manager was crystal clear in both emails that they wanted to call the distribution group of all users causing this whole team to stop receiving emails for almost a whole week. I probably should have pointed out that following his request would prevent his team from receiving emails addressed to everyone, but the manager was so specific in both of their emails that I assumed they knew what they wanted. Lesson learned, question every client request, especially the confident ones. Yeah, I found the dumber people are, the more confident they are. Well, liars too. Sometimes liars know what they're talking about, uh, but they double down on their confidence for sure, boy. Hey, if you guys like this content, do me a favor. Click the video right here on the screen. I think you're going to enjoy this one too. See ya. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.